Okay, so today is a day in January. Oh, it's uh, somebody else's birthday in my life. Woo! January 28th. And um, I just feel so, so special. I just feel so special because I woke up today and I just felt like, you know, it's kind of just like a regular day kind of feeling, right? Um, I'm like midway through the cycle of my feminine cycle and just kind of in this place where it's like, okay, so what am I going to do with myself? Because it's like, you know, I'm, my body isn't totally like in 100 to 200% energy level. It's kind of on the lower end. And, you know, I just started it thinking, well, I'll just at least like, you know, do my shower thing, do part of my brush teeth things. And, and, you know, shortly after I noticed a little person was awake and, you know, was needing some, some attention to like read stories and get him set up with like some colors to draw and then shortly after I got to study a little bit in my book which was really helpful because you know after spending like I felt like an hour with this one child reading to him I was just kind of done I was like and I'm really done like I could I could just be doing something else now for a little bit to just help rejuvenate my my spirits to just feel like um I can be doing the things that, that are going to be self-soothing and like helping my own mind, body, and soul time to just be reconnected because, because like quite honestly, for the most part, like I really do find a lot of happiness with solitude <laughs> and just like private time to just like study and ponder and write and study and ponder and write and just keep doing that for however many long times as I possibly could. like. When I took my year off, I wake up. At, I woke up at 4 a.m. on purpose every day so I could have between the hours of 4 to 8 because my parents didn't usually wake up until after 8. So I wanted a good chunk of 4 hours of study before I had any focus on other people, right? And like lately in my life today, usually I only like commit to like an hour to two hours max maybe before other people are awake partially because they wake up earlier than my parents did. So it's like, I'm not yet in a rhythm yet to like wake up at 2 a.m. <laughs> so I can get in my four hours. But nonetheless, like it's it's quite a process for me to gain the, the will building of being willing to be present in this season of my life with what is mine to do, not just what is mine to do to be attached with myself, but what's mine to do, you know, like with my Heavenly Father, and that's why I just love reading the love letters I have from him, like through the Book of Mormon. And then also just like being aware that like it's a season of my life right now where I literally do have these little people that live with me and who are very dependent upon me to interact with and to, to receive so much nourishment and nurturing from so that they can become developmentally, you know, like just grounded um so that's been really nice to just like embrace that more and more and just like instead of like turning it away and turning it away it's like it's been really nice to be going through the, the marriage book that I'm going through that just talks about this it's just like a relationship principle in general anyways but like very specifically towards marriage but basically it's this whole idea like are we going to be doing things that are turning towards one another or are we going to do things that are turning away and that was always like a question that that I felt like was a really important thing for me and my husband to constantly be aware of like after we got married we would always ask 
the question, like when we were like thinking in that direction, we were like, is this such and such action or decision, is this going to encourage us to have a stronger marriage or is it going to make our marriage um, have one more thing to be straining it, right? To make it even more easy to just like think that it's not an important thing, like to be together, to to be committed to one another, to be each other's like eternal companions. And so, you know, is this strengthening our marriage or is this diminishing it, right? Like where can it lead basically, right? And and I can see that with any relationship. It's like if, if I do this such thing, is it going to strengthen us or is it going to diminish us? So that's kind of where I'm at here too. It's like I, I often find myself in this conundrum where it's like, you know, if I haven't woken up, for example, like my ideal would be like, oh, I'd wake up every day at two. So I'd have like four hours before anybody woke up at six, right? And then I would just be like ready to be on for them. But at the same time, it's like I have yet to ever have a day where I actually wake up at that hour and I have anything to give anywhere past nine o'clock, right? Because then it's like, well, I've already been awake for like eight hours and now it's time for me to go to bed, right? And it's like, and the day hasn't even started. So that lifestyle isn't really for me, but, but what is for me, what I find is like, Hey, what if I could just like, you know, wake up at the regular time that's okay for me, which is like the four o'clock. And what if I can just like try to do whatever I can, like today wasn't a four o'clock wake up. It was more like a five thirty six o'clock. And so that hence the, you know, I barely even got into the shower before I had one to two kids awake and needing some like morning time routine type of stuff and like you know I think the older the younger self of me would be like super mad and frustrated I used to be that way where it was like I'd wake up and then once the first or two people woke up I'd be so mad I'd be like come on like this was my time like and you know I'd set a timer and be like two hours I'd be like you cannot talk to me for two hours because this is my time to just start my day and I don't want to hear anything. I don't want to have any questions. I don't want to have any complaints. If you don't have something that you're doing, blah, 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 then you need to be in your room for two hours until this timer goes out. Like I was just like super <laughs> upfront <laughs> about my feelings about that. And over time now, it's just kind of loosened up because I'm just kind of, I'm in a different phase right now where it's like, I'm kind of wanting to embrace more and more this whole idea of like, well, what if we could have some more time together, right? Like what if we could have find some more things that are our glue, right? So I'm kind of like pushing against the grain a little bit of what I was doing in the past just because maybe it's because like, you know, I've taken the whole year to kind of just heal my own connection with myself and with my heavenly father and with my, my husband so that, you know, I can even have space and room when I look at my social goals and I'm like, hey, it used to be, oh, how many more friends can I make? Or, you know, who who else needs that much more support and like encouragement in my life that I know of, right? Or like, it would just be all of these outside public community things. Um, and I think I am just getting a little bit more mature here to the point where it's like, oh, well actually, what if I could just actually focus on those areas of my life that yes, there isn't much show for it. There isn't much, you know, recognition or, you know, you give this and then they give something back kind of thing. It's very much the opposite. It's like, what if I could embrace this idea that I could create spaces in my life, in my home, where I could be social with my children, right? And, and like, what could that look like? So then I've been on this bandwagon to try and 
reincorporate this whole like time with my kids, whether it's like dates that I used to do once a week with one of them, like individually, like for an hour to like three to four hours a week kind of thing. And then it just transitioned into like nothing. And, and then lately I've been like, okay, well I can at least have the intention to do 10 minutes a day. Right? So I just did one just like right before I did this recording because I just noticed that they were just a little bit tizzied out and they were needing a little bit of help to get just kind of recentered. And so I was like, okay, well I'll just read this story thing and just see if that can help. And I feel like it kind of helped. And of course, like they're just a little person still. So of course they still want more, right? 10 minutes is for sure not enough to be able to nurture them for what they need for the day. But at the same time, it's like, I have to find this balance thing of being like, well, I still need to nourish myself as well. Like I need to feel centered and attached with myself, with my Heavenly Father today. And I haven't taken the time to do that yet. So like, this is how I do it. This is what I need to do so that I can be well enough to be able to take those next steps and do all the other times like that I have for the whole rest of the day to do that. And like, yes, there's going to be immaturity of other people and misunderstanding of them thinking like, you know, just feeling mad or whatever that I'm not with them doing something right now. But it's like at the same time, it's like I, I can't, it's not my business when other people are choosing to not understand, um, whether it's because they're immature and they just can't, they're not there yet to even consider that or when they just are choosing to not, to not and, and just think like believing that I'm working for their ill by doing something to take care of myself for like a few minutes here. So anyways, here I am. I got to read. Um, so sometimes I like to read in children's books because they help me just like introduce myself to like something that's like a topic that I'm not really like keen on. But if I enter it through a children's book, then I feel like it helps give me that much more confidence to then move forward with it in the adult version of that book, right? So here I was going through, it's called Book of Mormon Stories, and I went through like the first chapter, first couple chapters of it, specifically chapter two, four, yeah, around chapter two to four. And so I went through it and I was just like super impressed, right? It's like I just started pondering about, hey, this actually happened. Like, this is so cool. I love, I love that the, like one of the first stories in this book talks about basically this family and they're being prompted to do certain things to be able to just um, do what the Lord wants them to do basically, right? And, and one of the promptings that they get is, hey, let's go and get these plates. And yes, there's this like big epic moment that, that is just like displayed there where they have a barrier to get these plates, which is like their genealogy, their family history stuff and the gospel. And you know, like just like the key elements of the essential knowledge they need to have for eternal life. And there's a barrier. And in order to get through the barrier, there's this big epic moment that makes it so that it's like this big turning point kind of experience where it's like, that's like a big milestone moment of faith of this one person to move through that barrier. And so 
it just got me thinking. It was like that was their milestone moment to get through their barrier, to, to exercise faith and to move forward, to then be like that much more committed to the path to follow Jesus Christ, right? And I'm just like, holy smokes, that is so amazing that they w- they they rose up to the occasion to, to step forward, right? And I'm just like, holy smokes, that's absolutely amazing. So then I was like, okay, well, that's like the children's version. Let's go into like the first bit of the adult version because like the amount of time it takes me to go through like five chapters of the children's version it takes me like that amount of time plus double (laughs) to get through like just one chapter of the adult version right because there's just so much to like ponder and think about like that's within the words in these adult like ancient records that I just feel so blessed to have any level of one access to it two that I'm fluid in this language that it's translated into um and three that i have uh, a strong enough testimony to be committed and disciplined enough to read it and reread it like five more times to really get the most out of what is is there for me not just the black on the page but like the white on the page for me to kind of draw out of it for me like today or just like for me to be planting seeds of today so that in 10, 20, 30 years, I can have a big tree as a result of reading this chapter, right? So I just really loved, um, so I went through it. This time I kind of just nitpicked a little in, in coloring different spots, certain colors and things, because I just kind of thought, this is the first chapter of the whole book. You know, this is my love letter from Heavenly Father, the Book of Mormon, that was like translated for my day for me um and it's like the first chapter the first chapter the very first chapter of the whole book it's in first nephi and and basically i just kind of pondered in myself i was like so what is it that's that's even in those that first chapter like just just the sheer fascination of a writer and also a person a leader and an influencer and a person like any writer you know they know that the first chapter of their book is going to make or break anything. Same with the title page, anything, right? And so it's just like, what what did they put in this first chapter? That, that you know, because of course they, they're just writing their history stuff, right? They're, they're just doing it. And I know that they understand how the spirit works, you know? And they understand who they're teaching, who their audience is, right? So that they can allow for any person to basically go from the first chapter and be able to go from there into their why, you know, their their what, fork in the road experience where they're either going to keep reading or they're just going to not, right? And so when I went through, I kind of had those lenses on thinking like, oh, well, I wonder, I wonder what is in here, right? So then I just kind of went through and I didn't really notice this this time reading it through, but actually I've been reading in different languages in this book. Like one of them is in French. And I just love this one part where it's like, hey, in English it says, yay, this is verse two. I make a record in the language of my father, which consists of the learning of the Jews and the language of the Egyptians. So that sounds regular in English, right? But in French, it actually says, like, I will make a record in the sciences of my father, right? Like, les sciences de mon père. It says like, and and when they say science, that's like their translation of language. And so when I, I don't know why, but when I read it in the French version, that stood out to me big time. Because like, you know, when I read in English, I'm just thinking, oh, well, he's just saying like his, like I'm writing in a way that in the same language that my father wrote, right? Um, But then, uh, you know, and then he says, hey, so our language is the language of the Egyptians, right? 
um, learning of the Jews, language of the Egyptians. <clears throat> and so, like, I guess that to me was just very dry, like in English. But when I read it in French, it's like les sciences de mon père. It was like, oh, what? It was like, I just loved taking in that moment of being like, Nephi is learning from his father. Like his father teaches him and his father is knowledgeable and his father teaches him so much. Like it was just like, it just brought it to mind that it's not just the language of his father. It's not just like what they say day to day, like pass the salt things, but it's like he's taken the time to spend time with his father to the point where his father has taught him some things and he's been humble enough to learn things from his father, right? And, and to the point where it's, it's tender to him. Like he actually cares about what his father has to say. Like it's, it's like he, it's not just any person. Like when he says his father, he's like, it's almost like he's saying it with sacredness. This is my father's um, language that I've had the opportunity to learn, but it's not just his language. It is, this is everything that he's ever known in his life. And I've absorbed all that I possibly could kind of thing. So like when I read it like that, I was like, yeah, yeah, totally. I love that. I love that I'm reading from somebody that has a testimony of the importance of learning the things that are theirs to learn from their elders. So I think that's awesome. Like right away, that's like a big like green flag. If there's red flags for things that are like, oh, that's bad. Like pay attention to that because we don't want to keep doing that. There's green flags that keep going on in me for this whole book, right? So that, that's like the first green flag. It's like, oh, well, I get to read this book from somebody that listens to their elders. Sweet, green flag. And then it's like, oh, hey, um, this is what happened in this year where there's many prophets prophesying unto the people that they must repent or the great city Jerusalem must be destroyed. So that's awesome. Just knowing like the current events of what's going on there and knowing that like <clears throat> he's on that side, that's their side. Their side is to want to listen to these prophets who are prophesying that, right? So then he says, hey, his father went to go pray about it. And when he went to pray, like, it was just so sweet to know that he wasn't just praying. He was actually praying with all his heart in behalf of his people. So then already, you know that Nephi's dedicated to his dad. And then you find out about his dad and how his dad is such a good man, right? Like, who takes the time... To, to even pray and then who takes the time to pray with all his heart and then who takes the time to do it on behalf of all his people like that's that's leadership right there right so then already I know I'm like learning from Nephi who's somebody that loves his dad loves his family and will you know basically you can already tell he'll do anything for them kind of thing then I know that I'm learning from this leader his dad so it's, then it becomes this family book experience where I'm not just learning from Nephi, I'm learning from his dad too. And then so it's like, no, I'm like, this isn't just like one author here. There's like several authors. And I'm like, this is like a family reunion book where I'm just learning from everybody and all of their different views. So that's another green flag. It's like, oh, hey, this is not just authored by one person and their one perspective. This is like a witness of so many people and what they wanted to share, right? Like not just what they wanted to share though, but like this is an account of what had been preserved over so many years and spans of time where it's like, hey, this is what lasted, right? Like these, this is like the edited version of what like the last person that was writing it felt like, you know, prompted to keep in this book so that it could be of worth for me, right? So I'm like, uh, yeah, that's awesome. 
And then so then he talks about his dream he had after he prayed. And it was just so beautiful because it's like, hey, he was overcome with the spirit about the things he saw. And then, um, like, he was surrounded. Like, he thought he saw God sitting on his throne, surrounded with numberless concourses of angels in the attitude of singing and praising their God. And then he talks about how one was descending from heaven. His luster was above that of this noonday. And then he saw 12 others following him. And they came down and went forth upon the face of the earth. And the first came and stood before my father. So, like, hey. It's like, there's Lehi having this dream. He sees Heavenly Father and what I guess to be Jesus Christ and his apostles. And they're all coming. Like, they're coming to see him and give him this book. It says, first came and stood before my father and gave him unto him a book and bade him that he should read. And as he read, he was filled with the Spirit of God. Um, yea, many things did my father read concerning Jerusalem, that it should be destroyed and the inhabitants thereof. Many should perish by the sword and many should be carried away and captive unto Babylon. And I just love this next part. Like, <clears throat> there he is, like, reading this book, and he's just filled with the Spirit, and then he gets, like, the like the personal impressions revelation that's saying, hey, um, the place he's living is going to be destroyed, so, you know, they're just, like, it's just not a great place. Like, so that, like, reaffirms what he's going through there. And then it's like, hey, um, in this verse 14, I just love this part, because verse 14 and 15, it just talks about something that just, like, means so much to me one like in verse 14 it just kind of summarizes for me God's love just clearly absolutely clearly that his love spans towards all of his children it wraps around all of them because I think sometimes I hear the rebuttal of like lots of people that aren't focused on faith in Jesus Christ and their big rebuttal is like oh hey there isn't a God because otherwise there wouldn't be so much turmoil and there wouldn't be so much suffering and things like that on the world right and then it's like, no, actually, it's like that, I think now, as like I've matured in the gospel, I actually believe that that is actually a symbol of how much God actually loves us, right? He loves us enough to learn and, and like, because honestly, like anyone that's a parent would understand that you can tell your, your child to do something until you're blue in the face. And if they're not ready to do it, they're not going to do it, right? So it's just like, he loves us enough that he's not going to force us to into heaven with him. You know, he's not going to do it. He's going to give us the opportunities over and over again. And if we so choose, we're going to get there. But if we don't, we're going to keep suffering, right? And it's not to say that people that choose him don't ever suffer either. It's like, it's all part of the plan for us to understand sorrow so that we can know what joy is, you know, like, and see the difference and, and to be able to choose joy when we get the opportunity, right? And, and, and want it and actually be hungry for it and actually be ready for it. But if we don't understand what sorrow actually is, then joy won't mean anything to us and it won't, it won't make a difference. But I just love how he's very carefully crafted and designed the plan of salvation, the plan of happiness, plan of redemption, just this whole life that we get to experience for our eternal existence that it's very carefully planned out it's very carefully planned out and it's not a mistake that there's suffering in the world or different instances where things are good things are bad like it's not a mistake it's just this is all part of the test in order for us to become more than what we just are right now I talked about it in my last recording this whole concept of like Martha and Mary and how I was able to come to a place 
where in focusing on this word Mary for the past last year, I was able to come to a place to be like, yeah, it's not to say that like Mary, you know, being Mary means like going and reading your scriptures all day long and just locking yourself in a room and just keeping the commandments to yourself and just like, you know, doing that all day long and forgetting about everyone else, right? And it's not to say that Martha means like, oh, just going and doing chores all day long and ever doing anything else, right? Like, I used to think that that, that was what the two extremes were. But over time, I've been able to realize, oh, hey, no, actually, I really do think that Mar Mary was helpful to Martha a lot of the time, and they just kind of did their chore thing a lot of the time. And then once Jesus came, it was like a surprise party. It was like, oh, now the surprise party is happening. Like, then Mary, like, moved forward and took the next step to be present with Jesus and learn and, and you know, see what she could make the best out of the situation in being present with, right? And then Martha, she chose to just keep doing those same things, you know, as if nothing changed, right? Like, and, and she just wasn't receptive to the specialness of what was happening there. And I just feel like that's kind of like the situation I was just talking about is like, I just feel like Jesus Christ makes the difference, right? It's like there's so much suffering in the world or whatever, and we could just say, oh, let's just do the Martha thing and just like call it as like just what's going on, right? But because Jesus Christ lived, he continues to live, and he is actually real, he makes all the difference so that it makes all of it make sense, right? It makes it all worth <clears throat> while to keep trying and to keep going and making the best out of every single situation we have in front of us, right? So I just love this. It's like, hey, verse 14, um, he says, um, and it came to pass when my father had read and seen many great and marvelous things, he did explain many things unto the Lord, such as, Great and marvelous are thy works, O Lord God Almighty. Thy throne is high in the heavens, and thy power and goodness and mercy are over all the inhabitants of the earth. And because thou art merciful, thou wilt not suffer those who come unto thee, that they shall perish. And after this manner, with the language of my Father in the praising of God, for his whole soul did rejoice, and his whole heart was filled because of the things which he had seen, yea, which the Lord had shown unto him. I just love that part. Thou wilt not suffer those who come unto thee, that they shall perish. I just love that. I love that because that shows it right there. It's like the Lord has prepared a way so that every single person has the opportunity and opportunity to, to achieve the fullness of what is their human potential, what is their eternal being potential. Like everybody has the choice, right? If they so choose it, right? If they choose to have the faith to step forward, like it's just like, in this last verse, in verse 20, it's like, hey, I, Nephi, will show unto you that the tender mercies of the Lord are over all those whom he hath chosen because of their faith to make them mighty even unto the power of deliverance. Because seriously, I feel like we've all been chosen because we all chose to receive a body. We chose Jesus Christ, so we chose to receive a body. Um, and so we've already been chosen. And then because of our faith, he will make us mighty even unto the power of deliverance. So it's like, uh, sweet. That's awesome. Like, it's like that's already been promised to us. So like, like what else can we do here? Like, this is awesome. I just love, I love that that's already right there. It's like telling us that like 
not just that there's a Nephi person that once lived and a Lehi person that was his father and that they had a great relationship so they could learn from one another. And it shows us that like the Lord touched their lives to the point where Lehi could get personal revelation for himself. That's awesome too. And then also there's these like gems in here that they're basically saying like, Heavenly Father loves us. He doesn't just love Lehi and Nephi. He loves every single one of his children, including me. And then it's like Nephi at the end of this chapter says, I, Nephi, will show unto you that the tender mercies of the Lord are over all those whom he hath chosen. Seriously, we're all chosen. So basically, his tender mercies are over all of us, me, um, and everyone else because of their faith. Like, so we've already exercised faith in the past before we even received our body, you know, before we even were born in this life. Um, so that's cool to just kind of know that. And then to make them mighty even unto the power of deliverance. Like, that's really cool. That's really cool. Just knowing that he's committed. He's so committed to us. He's committed to give us all that he possibly can. He's committed to give us his 100% of all the people that I could ever want to, to be on my side, to be a on a team with. I would say that the Lord, my Savior, my elder brother would be one of the top person that I would want to be leading the way. Because clearly, he's the best, right? Like, <laughs> we're picking teams here. Like, he's, I'm like happy to be on his team, right? And then to know that he is giving his 100% to me. And, and that all is my, that is mine to do is to keep exercising that simple thing, exercise my faith and he will make me mighty even unto the power of deliverance. Right. And, and just to know that that is what this is all for is like the whole purpose is so that we can be delivered. We can have our family reunion in the celestial kingdom and just have like a great time moving forward. Right. And, and that, that we don't just have that experience, but we will have the peace of being delivered. We will have that, that added strength of being mighty, um, but in God, mighty in God. And I'm just like so overwhelmed by that whole thing. Like I just memorized this one verse, group of verses in this scripture that I'm studying right now, where it's basically like they mentioned the word faith like two times within like two different verses, right? Like one after the other. And I'm just like, this is a big thing. Like, you know, faith is mentioned twice. Charity is mentioned twice. And I'm just like, oh goodness, this is so cool. I just love, I love my love letters from Heavenly Father. They're just so precious to me. And I just love getting to understand their clarity of like what it is for me. Like I was just learning a little bit about about just like this concept of what is it like for people when they get to a point where they can just, they can just see things clearly and be able to like move forward with it. I kind of talked about it as this word like self-actualizing, you know, when you're in like in the daily pursuit of your dreams kind of thing. And I just feel like this, like I'm just so happy to be in this realm where I'm like, I'm self-actualizing and like day by day, there's like more and more light that's just like coming into my life as I so choose it, you know, because it's not like, it's just like, oh, I'm just this automatically blessed person, right? Like the Lord loves effort and he blesses us with our efforts, right? And I'm just so grateful for the perspective he's given me so that I can put in little moments of effort so that I can receive 
you know, like little moments of effort. I was praying just before this, basically, right? Because I was in a bad place, right? I was in this place where I was like, I just want my personal time and everybody's waking up and I'm just a little bit grumpy about that. So then I just prayed because one of the kids wanted me to read a story and I was like, I'm not ready to read a story. Like, I'm not ready to read a story with my happy mommy reading voice. If I'm going to read that story, it's going to be grumpy and mad and it's going to be like, as if I'm swearing all the words out, right? I was like, no, I need to like get back into my green zone. So I was praying and I was praying that I could somehow borrow the patience that I needed and I could somehow just pray to be able to have some level, because I have this perspective, this theory of my life is basically every day is Christmas day. Every night is Christmas Eve and I go to sleep and Heavenly Father, Heavenly Mother are diligently wrapping up my presents so that they're ready for the next day so that when I wake up, if I so choose to turn on the light, I will be able to see all the presents they have ready for me to find, whether they're presents, um, you know, any present, just little tender mercy presents that are just between me and them, right? And and it was that it was a moment where I was like, man, I haven't turned on the lights, and I just pray that I will somehow do be able to figure out what I need to do so that I can turn on the lights in my day today right and and I was noticing that my light was very dim it was like very dark if anything and I was like man I just need help <laughs> so thankfully after the prayer and after willing myself through reading anyways and then moving forward with like this whole you know audio journal thing that I do I was like okay now I'm feeling way more just like myself <laughs> and way more ready to just be like okay okay we can do this. <laughs> so that's what I'm thinking about today.